genderless advocate Matt Handy. And Matt, yes, it's true that you and I were the only ones in our GFC conference to fall last week to the VFC, the inferior VFC, in our nine matchups, which is seemingly quite fitting since we lecture everyone on how to build their teams every week. But really, Matt, I think you know as well as I do that for us, actual fantasy football took an understandable backseat last week to our narcissistic egos, getting fed a decadent supply of validation as we learned that we are the fastest growing fantasy sports podcast in America. Before I bring you in here, though, Matt, let's take a trip in the GFL Fantasy Football Weekly way back machine, all the way back to last week's show where I filled in all the details for you on how this all worked. Notice I've been a little more distant from you this week. I mean, we're always great friends, but a little more distant from you this week than normal. So Matt was referring to, and I'm glad you did, about the Astros game and the tags. And yeah, you really buttered me up with that rankings text and stuff like that. But Matt, mm-hmm. I'm going to give you the floor here to respond to. Uh, we had these grand plans to meet up with Jay and a few of my other friends who you know <laughs> up in the middle of Ultra Bar, but. Uh, you and you and your buddy uh, Derek decided to ghost us, and so I didn't. Yeah. I didn't bring it up. I didn't want to be that guy, you know, because I mean Matt and I are friends, but it's kind of a relationship too. So I wanted to show strength and not act that way. But Matt, you hurt my feelings, man, and feelings are important. So uh, <laughs> why did you do that to me? <laughs> let me get this just, so let me get let me get this straight. You didn't want to bring it up to my face, but you wanted to bring it up in front of everybody in the podcast. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In the 170th ranked fantasy sports podcast <laughs> in America, Matt. No, so now you're going to not have to answer to me. You're going to have to answer to all our friends. Yeah. Matt, I'm going to bring you in right now. I, uh, I meant to. Actually, I didn't. I wanted to surprise you with this clip. I'm still mad about that Astros game, Matt. So I just wanted to express that one more time to you. You mad that Ryan Presley blew it, or you mad that I didn't meet up with you? Which, which one are you mad at? I mean, it, it could it could have actually been a little of both. <laughs> I mean, Gar, uh, man, I try me- lie down on the couch. This is almost Freudian. Maybe it is more that than you, Gar. I know you haven't uh, busted a nut in a long time. So, do you need me to you know stroke you and make you feel better about yourself? And that would that would that make it feel better, or, or would that would that would that uh would that cover everything? You know, make us even, and you know, bring you back to reality, or, or no? 
Matt, I mean, I can't tell I can't tell you this is the first time I thought about requesting that from you, but you know, being 44 and not 24 anymore, you realize Matt that by requesting that and getting that fulfilled, it may feel good for the short term, but I'm just going to be back in the same boat tomorrow really pissed off about last week. So just you know, real quick I, I, before we move on, is there anything else you want to say to make me feel better about last week? Um, you know, Gar, feelings matter. You know, here, here's the whole thing. I identified as meeting up with you, so I feel that that should be okay. You know, that's so I identified as that, that we met up and had a good time. And so I feel that that's really what happened. So I, I just don't, you know, I mean, that's just how I identify. So I think, I think all should be good based on that. Well, I'm really mad. I think you're right. If I don't want to be racist, I think, I guess, no matter how I feel, I got to agree with you. So I just appreciate you being so factual uh, with us tonight. On hey, that. you know what, Gar, that's what I'm here for, man. I'm here for facts. <laughs> um, as, long, as, long as, the, as long as they're your facts, Matt, right? Yeah. Yes, it's my truth, Gar. Don't, don't mess with my truth. <laughs> so, Matt, we were talking about our ranking. Now we're number 170. And so, I mean, we have an ever-growing audience, you know. So I, I assume at least, I mean, uh, the Garnielson ratings, ratings, I think, in our league, uh, maybe 12 out of the 18 managers probably listen to it. I mean, it's huge. Uh, I mean, I don't even know what that would be. I mean, that would beat most Super Bowls, I think. But, uh, you know, as the audience is, is growing, you know, I think uh, uh, it's important as we get these new listeners, these twos and twos or maybe even tens and tens of new listeners tonight, that they understand that when we say we're number 170, we really mean we're 170, okay? So I'm going to play a clip from last week uh, that explains this, Matt, okay? Go ahead. Take a listen. <clears throat> I've actually been able to kind of master the dark web. So I've been picking up all kinds of new hobbies uh, since, uh, since uh, my uh, ex-wife left. So um, one thing I've done is work more on the dark web. So I was able to kind of infiltrate Apple a little bit. I'm not sure I should be telling, this, telling them this on an Apple podcast, but... I was able to kind of break in to their analytics and rankings. And Matt, I was able to actually discover how many other fantasy sports podcasts there were. Should I guess or are you going to tell me? Which one should I do? I mean, you can guess, but I'm, I'm happy to tell you too. Um, you know what, Gar? I'm going to say there's 300. I'm going to go 300. Yes. And, and that's what I kind of would have thought too. But in fact, the, uh, the actual number is we are number 170 out of 174. <laughs> I mean, for only our fourth show, I mean, we are just running circles, it sounds like, around those other four. That's and awesome. Just, I mean, we should be just moving up that ladder. Oh, man, know? that's great. I mean, we could be, by the end of the season, we may be in the top uh, 160s. Oh, so. man, that's awesome. <laughs> Matt, I have no idea who this Carlos, this shady Carlos character is. Seems like we know nothing but Shady Carlos. The Shady Carlos character is that supposedly had access to these uh, Apple Fantasy Football in America podcast rankings. But between Carlos's unverified info and our self-plugging last week, I am pleased to announce that our unique listenership skyrocketed by over 30% last week. It had normally only been 10 or 15% from 54 to 71 unique what listeners. How about that, Matt? Now, Matt, please check, though, your GFL Commission inbox, uh, which uh, is GFLCommission at gmail.com for those mm -hmm. looking to reach out to us all across the country. Yep. And do that, Matt, uh, either now or after the show, because I fully expect a follow-up email from this mystery Carlos character to notify us that we just broke into the 160s for Fantasy Sports Podcasts. With, awesome. that, 
<laughs> with that, Matt, uh, please let GFL Nation know what they have to look forward to tonight. And how are you hanging in there tonight with this especially late 9.15 p.m. GST Garland Standard Time start to the show? And do you have a new sickness diagnosis for yourself this week after switching from bronchitis to pneumonia last week? <laughs> I don't know, man. I've still got this damn thing. It's getting better, but I'm just Is it down to a cold? I mean, what can we call it this week? <laughs> Who knows, man? It's definitely, you know, it, I'm not I'm not defying death with COVID, so that's good, I guess. And then uh, I was coughing my ass off yesterday. Today's better. Uh, I do enjoy the late night, though. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. Like I get pumped whenever. I don't know. Maybe it's the maybe it's the the theme song, dude. But I get pumped whenever we get started. I really do. I, every time this year, I've been super amped whenever we um whenever we have a podcast late night. You know, the, my favorite thing about the um the music on the intro, right, is when Rex at the very end says. A better see fantasy football is does, and then he goes like kind of slower and says does not exist, right? I've mm-hmm. always got like a whenever he says that I got a one two three with my fingers going every single time. I I, I do a head bob, you do the fingers. It's same yeah, I do. Yeah, it's, so I always do that. So it always gets me amped up and ready to go, man. But now tonight should be fun. Uh, first guest appearance tonight, man. We got Graw on tonight, so I'm really excited because uh, you know I I think. Gar and I care about the league. Uh, no offense, no offense, Gar. Gar and I care about the league more than anybody. But if there's a, and let's just say that Gar and I are tied for one A and one B. If there's a number two, it's got to be Graw. Graw is just super passionate about the league. Super, you know, he's been in the league. Oh man, has he been there longer than I have? Around the same time, Gar. How long has he been in the league for? Uh Graw. He came in uh, right, right after you, like a year okay. after or something. Okay, so. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we met up. It, I believe it was like the, it was consummated at a Whole Foods uh, parking lot. I think we ran each other at Whole Foods, kind of re- reconnected. We, I think we'd already been talking a little bit, but uh, I just remember that being a pivotal moment. We'll see if Graw remembers it the same way. <laughs> let's 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 talk about that consummation in the in the parking lot. What's up, Gar? Let's, let's talk about that. All right, let's go. All right, now, I mean, it's late night after all. But you know, um, don't get my don't get my mind racing, Matt, about parking lots and whatnot. You know how long it's been for me. You know, I always get I always get pumped whenever we do uh, these late night ones because um, I always think of um, uh, what's that movie back in the day? Uh, shit, it's called The Program. That's what it was called. They always say. Put Why the was women I thinking those... you were going to say High Fidelity? I mean, that was no, no, no. It's about cheesy romance. See. I guess I was thinking about the parking lot at Whole Foods or something. <laughs> that's right. I think it was the quarterback Joe Kane. That's what it was. He was always like, put the women and children in bed and let's go looking for dinner. And this is what I always think about whenever we do a late night, late night episode, you know. So uh, I know that we had some um, football movie references on the text show this week. It was great. I had necessary roughness. I think uh, Graw chimed in with a little bit of the a little bit of the program as well. I think Alvin Mack and Latimer were, uh, were part of the program, you know. So uh, obviously awesome stuff. But tonight um, in – so I said Graw's on, so we're going to get him on here in a second. Uh, we've got, you know, look, I don't care what political affiliation anybody is, but we got Republican debate night tonight. So guess what? We are doing debates here. We are doing a first take undisputed episode tonight. So I am going to be the moderator. So I'm going to be, uh, basically the Molly Karam, uh, a very similar lookalike, similar hotness of Molly Karam. And Gar is going to be our esteemed Skip Bayless and Graz is going to be a combination of, of, uh, Stephen A and Shannon Sharp. So we should have a lot of fun with this. I've got some... Uh, debate questions for us, uh, some stuff to think about. All all topics football-related are on the menu. So we've got some GFL stuff. We've got some NFL stuff. 
Uh, should be a lot of fun. I think the questions are designed to where uh, you guys could have the same answer. You could have separate answers. Uh, it should be it should be a lot of fun as we do it because we haven't had um, a real debate kind of situation here in a little while, you know. So I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, but I do have to make a quick plug for the uh, for the GFC because uh, we are just going through complete domination right now. The VFC right now. Uh, this is our second week in a row, 7-2 to two, uh, victory. I've, unfortunately, I'm part of the two, uh, Gar, along with yourself as well. I think um, I think this podcast is a curse more than anything else because I criticize everybody's team, and I lose most weeks. <laughs> so this podcast is a curse for me. Matt, uh, were you saying something? I was uh, looking at pictures of Molly Karam, and I just didn't know if you were still talking or I needed to chime in about something. I just got a little distracted there. Molly Karam is pretty good looking. I ain't gonna lie to you. Molly Karam is that, yeah, she's, she's, she's pretty good looking, man. I'm not gonna, you know, Jalen Rose, uh, got lucky with that. Unfortunately, she's, a, uh, you know, I, I can't, I, I can't stand her voice, but if she would just not talk, she'd be fine. Yeah, she'd be even better, you know, but, you just gotta watch it like you're at the gym. Just you know, put it on mute and put the subtitles on. Yeah, you know who's really good looking is that lady from the baseball stuff. Uh, what's her name, uh, man? Morgana, the kissing bandit. No, she's <laughs> Lebanese woman. You know, I'll, I'll get the name a little bit later. She's she's pretty good looking as well. So, uh, man, I like these. I like these late night podcasts too. I mean, how do you feel? I hit my wall today uh, around four or five, and I'm doing a really boring. I'm actually working, Matt, doing actual work with an employee of mine. Same guy who made our GFL logo. We're kind of clean. Since Tim and I work so closely together, and we're both kind of scatterbrained all over the place, we're cleaning up his computer and getting all the files organized. So you can imagine, me and this guy have been working together eight years. So we're going through every file on his computer and organizing it. So this is going to take months and months and weeks and weeks. So around four or five o'clock, I'm literally nodding off. I hope he didn't see me <laughs> while I'm over his shoulder, kind of trying to retitle file names so a layman can understand and stuff like that. And I didn't even know if I was going to be able to do this, but as as the podcast approached, Matt, I mean, that podcast, primetime adrenaline got going. So I'm right there with you, ready tonight. I can see it because uh, I had a, I have had a two-day conference, right, uh, for uh, credit cards. So you can imagine how exciting that was, okay? So it was, you know, I was, I was struggling a little bit this afternoon as well. But I could tell your excitement level was getting bigger and bigger because at about, um, let's say, maybe 6 o'clock, you were texting Graw and I about, you know, what you had planned to do and things like that. And then your text kept getting longer and more repetitive, like at 6.30, 7. You know, and I could see you're getting more and more excited as the hours were, uh, as the hours were, as the hour was upon us. So pretty good stuff. Now, uh, I wear that GFL you know. enthusiasm on my sleeve. Yeah, I know. And and this year, you seem especially more excited. Maybe it's because you're single now or whatever it is, you know, and maybe that's what the deal is. So maybe you're yeah, just we're, better. Whatever, whatever it better. is, Matt, I, I don't think it's that anymore, but we can say that. <laughs> Maybe, it's, maybe you're just in a better mood. <laughs> but uh, anyway. No, I'm in a better mood because it's all off the record, uh, not for much longer. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. But let's, 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 uh, we, you, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But no, it should be. Maybe next week. <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. Let's, let, let's hope so, man. But uh, anyway, no, I'm, uh, no, all good stuff, man. All, I'm all, you know, everything should be a lot of fun tonight, as I already mentioned. Um, and, you know, we're just looking forward to, you know, looking forward to have our first guest appearance tonight and uh, let the chips fall where they may with all the uh, uh, with all the uh, the questions. But I'm sorry, I didn't actually finalize. Uh, I didn't finish the um, the GFO, the GFC VFC. So, like I said, we won seven. So last week. Matt. I got you yeah. off kilter. That was, that was so, all me. We won seven and two again last week. Heading into week four, the GFC has an 18 to nine lead so far. 
this season heading into week four and the overall series now from 2012 to week end of week three 2023 is the VFC still in the lead but it's 248 247 now so we've cho- we, we've chopped that lead down to a mere one game right now all right so it's uh this is this is really good stuff in the GFC's part not so much myself but uh Graw's three and oh so that's definitely helping it you're two and one definitely helping it so uh, I'm really not chiming. I'm not really pitching in too much here, but hopefully, uh, hopefully this week I can do it. Yeah, you know, we'll see what happens. But are we, is the GFC just like Seabiscuit and Secretariat, like put together, just coming down hard down the stretch here as we're working our way towards the midway point of the uh, inter interconference season. I mean, we're doing pretty good here, Matt. We are. I mean, the only person who has a losing record in the conference is me. So everyone else is your three. <laughs> we were the only ones to lose last week. Yeah. I just thought that was so <laughs> ironic and funny. Yeah, so I'm the only one who's got a losing conference in this record, right? Excuse me, a losing record in this conference right now. But hey, you know what? Don't care. Uh, you know, still having a great time. So we'll, you know, we'll see what happens. But hey, at least we we're a space filler in the podcast, Matt. For sure. But we are at 17 minutes on the dot right now. Um, Gar, you want to? You want to? Yeah, we, in? Matt. You know, and we we have. Uh, we have Graw on, and you know, every year what Matt and I do is we get lots of inquiries in our uh, email box. And I gave the gave the email address earlier, uh, GFL Commission, GFL Commission, gmail.com. So, uh, sponsors reach out, Matt, from time to time, and our sponsorship opportunities. So, it's our job each year to narrow it down because they know and we know it's best to really build this stuff up. So, we only reveal sponsors when we have guests on. So, Eric is our first guest. We will re- reveal our first sponsor. It was not easy for me and Matt to decide. In fact, it wasn't easy for Matt to, to decide at all because I decided for him. Matt is so busy as commissioner, he has to delegate certain things. So um, he leaves some of this financial stuff uh, over to me, uh, which if you kind of look at my overall fan finances, may not be the smartest thing to do. But hey, you know, if I can at least <laughs> present it, present myself as someone he can trust in that sense, then we'll go with it. So uh, Matt, let's go to break. And we will be talking to Eric Graw on the flip side. And Matt and I are happy to unveil our first ever Apple sponsor that I'm sure either everyone will love. And Matt, if they don't, if they know what's best, they will keep their sexism to themselves. We'll see you on the flip side. We're going to jail. come true simply call richmond One second. technical difficulties with the sponsor we're starting now hi you may not believe this but i used to be a woman that's right just a few short months ago i was sitting under hair dryers and standing in long lines at bloomingdale's i was getting so tired of men opening doors for me and buying dinner expecting me to be the dessert I hated being a woman, but what could I do? I simply couldn't afford the high cost of plastic surgery and expensive hormone shots. I was so unhappy. Then, one day, I saw an ad in the National Enquirer that changed my life. I clipped out the ad, dropped my check in the mail, and a few weeks later, I went from this to this. And you can, too with your very own home sex change kit from Ronco. That's right, no fuss, no 
Colonel Muss. No costly operations or high psychiatric fees. And all in the <laughs> comfort of your own home. And don't worry about the price. For just $29.95 plus $5 shipping and handling, you'll get everything you need to be the man or woman you always wanted to be. GFL Commission Recap Preview Podcast, also known as GFL Fantasy Football Weekly. And Matt, it's just great. And I, I know that, that was probably a real pleasant surprise for you to have such a reputable and progressive sponsor back for a second season. When Ronco found out we were going on Apple, Matt, I mean, they just made us an offer we could not refuse. And Matt, I'm happy to announce it is so good. We may be able to afford one more person for the studio that is not an unpaid intern. Fucking so, John. Uh, yeah, fucking John. But I know this is all to the delight of your two-year-old daughter, Harlow, who with your blessing, and I know, I know you're going to voluntarily give it, uh, the show would be happy to bring her back on for the second, to, second time to discuss her affinity for our wonderful sponsor. Matt, this is a true win, not, true win-win, not just for us, but our entire Bible-beating audience, don't you think? Yeah, I, 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 you know, you mentioned we had a new sponsor, and I was a little, honestly, you know, I... You didn't I remember the, the commercial. Lead, it took about halfway till you knew who it was. It was. I, you know, I leave the financial stuff to you, and I trust you with this stuff, you know, and... That makes one of us. That makes one of us. I, I know. It actually, it makes half of us, but, you know, sometimes, Gar, you, you make some really bad decisions, but, you know, sometimes you just totally redeem yourself, and that's what you did with this sponsorship this, this year, okay? I'm just really... <laughs> Super pumped about it, uh, and, and this is a perfect time to bring Graw in. Graw, what do you think about Ronco coming back for a, for year two? You, you got to be excited about that. Welcome back to the show, Graw. What's up, fellas? Uh, it was all I could do to contain myself as I was uh, listening to that as Mauricio Debon just hit a uh, three-run blast. With yes, a sir. Board. What a great moment all around. <laughs> Unfucking believable. And by the way, Lawrence Jihadi, I think is who you're talking Dad, about. Dad, Lawrence Jihadi, yeah, she is smoking hot. She's smoking really... hot, dude. Best. But did best we hook up the on the GFL in the in the Whole Foods parking lot, Eric? That's the question. I'm trying to remember which Whole Foods this was. It was the one I, on I, Kirby. It was the one on Kirby. It was the one on Kirby. Okay, yes, it's all coming back to me now. Uh, yeah. This was back when I would I would see Gar randomly walk up and down the streets of Houston, um, <laughs> going from one location to another. I'm like, what are you doing? You're like, oh, this is out for my walk. I was like, oh, cool. Um, yeah, man. But uh, it could have been my Acura breaking down every other week too. That's what I thought. <laughs> was this before or after his wall sits? <laughs> right. Well, this was when he was still living uh, over by Tiny Boxwoods, and so. Oh uh, wow! Okay, wow. No, yeah. Matt, that's what light poles are for, for. They go together on the walk. Obviously. They do. Dude, there no was a doubt. Time, dude, I'll never forget this. Just to chime in real quick, Gar and I. Um, this is when, right after the cruise, when Jason Shaw and Brandy got married. Right, I mean, Gar and I shared a hotel room. Right, and. Gar, first off, was hitting on the bride. First off, he was so drunk. Okay, he was hitting on the bride because he had like 
He, it was it was a beer and wine. I was just complimenting her dress. What are you talking? Gar took full <laughs> Gar took full advantage of this, right? So we get back to the hotel. Uh, hotel. I don't know. It's probably midnight, twelve thirty, at least something like that. So Gar's wasted. He starts doing his stretches and wall sits at like twelve forty-five at night. Okay, he goes to sleep, and I'm awake still. You know, all of a sudden Gar gets up to go take piss. All right, somehow. He crawls into the bed that I'm in. He's trying to freaking cuddle with me or some shit. Like, I think he was half asleep. I'm like, Gar, what the fuck are you doing? Man? He's like, oh, shit. I thought this was my bed. And he gets up and goes back to his. I was like, what the fuck just happened here, dude? And so it was the uh, last time I ever shared a room with Gar. Put it that way. All right. And last time I ever shared you know, Gar, that's Matt's version of the story. And there's two sides to every story. And I'm just going to say there's a reason why I was thinking about uh, actually uh, requesting what Matt was saying I should request early in the show. It all started that night. That, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. No doubt. No, in I'm I'm, uh, I'm thrilled to have Aramco back. Uh, it, it was of no surprise. And uh, yes, uh, all, all for it. 100%. Awesome. Graw, Graw, we both felt bad about how we ended up using you unintentionally as our first podcast guest sort of hookup on Apple in the now infamously deleted episode number 34 which I'm still doing because of Matt Ledwork on to try to retrieve off the dark web after Matt deleted it. It's kind of like when most of this listening audience was in high school or for me when I was 27 and experimenting with women for the first time, not because we wanted to date them, but because we were preparing for bigger, figuratively, not literally, and better looking opportunities. This in a nutshell was episode 34 of GFL Fantasy Football Weekly. Everything was going great on Apple for the first time until Matt being very direct. And as we know, communication is very important when you're experimenting with new positions like we were that night, told Graw at the end of the show (laughs) to drop off the call early, which naturally resulted in Graw's entire 10 minutes of participation getting deleted off the show and us subsequently discarding and throwing the entire episode number 34 overboard. Osama bin Laden style, to never be found again, barring some sort of dark web miracle. Apparently, Matt, whatever mental disorder John in the studio has contracted is contagious because that was quite the unfortunate development. Now, the only thing I only, my only response to what happened that evening is two words. Fucking John. That's all I can say. It's fucking John. All right. John, John fucked that whole thing up. It was John's idea for, for, me to just tell Graw to get off the call early to make sure we knew what happened and everything like that. All of a sudden, Graw gets off early and it, you know, deleted him from the episode. So it's just fucking John. That's all I can tell you. Okay. First day on the job, he decides to come up with something. He's trying to look good in front of the bosses. And that's what his idea was. And that's how fucking John started. <laughs> let me just let me just say, Matt, about John, and I, I'm sure you you probably noticed when I was talking about Ronco and how generous of a sponsor they are, and how we can afford maybe afford uh, a real employee. Now, I never said anything about actually firing John, and there's a reason for this. So, Graw, and actually Graw was a uh, is a part of this, Matt, and uh, I think Graw and I have something to announce to you. Uh, Graw, Matt and I were at our wits end with John in the studio last week, following him fucking up our news alert timing for the second week in a row, as as the audience knows. So just when Matt and I thought we had enough documentation and evidence to let John go and prevent him from getting on unemployment at our expense, Graw, being the humanitarian he is, stepped up 
and took a negative and made it into a great positive by quickly designing and releasing for sale on his social media the vanguard of NFL-themed shirts. Bra, I don't know how you came up with this idea to start selling and marketing your fucking John t-shirt line, but as you know, I have already bought 10 myself, and you must be close to selling out your first run, correct? <laughs> no doubt. They're selling like hotcakes. My, you know, episode 34, it's a shame that it's 34 because, you know, that number is dear and dear to all, all of our hearts being Houstonian. But fucking John, I mean, what a what a catchphrase. It's just selling like crazy. And uh, it's just a marketing marketing genius idea. What, what can I say? Do you have them in Do you have them in long sleeves yet? Because winter's coming. Do you have uh, them? In- they're currently being made in hoodies. So, oh, um, that's gonna be. Uh, there's no, yeah, none of that. No V-necks yet, Matt. But I'm sure. It'll oh be man, hoodies are hoodies are legit. Hoodies are legit. I'm excited <laughs> about that. No, let's get maybe that. maybe Belichick will run on the sidelines eventually once this really goes viral. I mean, he he could he could use a wardrobe change if I just if we saw him that if we saw him against uh, uh, who are they playing? I think Dallas this weekend with the fucking John hoodie on. I'd just lose my shit. I just if think. I can somehow get Taylor Swift to wear it next time she's in the box, dude. I mean, it's just really gonna take off. That's yeah. that's the key. You know, you know, Kelsey's jersey sales are apparently up four hundred percent now because she went to his. She went to the game. Did y'all see that? <laughs> no, that's actually legit. No. Now, now, uh, yeah. Bob, what is your concern on the level of one to ten about Kelsey uh, dating Swift? You know, I mean, is it going to get him off his game at all? I, you know, get him. He off was off. at the game on Sunday, and Mahomes made it a point to get him a touchdown. So you're right. He made me really show up. Pressure. She's she's probably uh, too good for him. So I mean, he <laughs> because uh, you know he scores sixes. He's probably a six. She's more. She's more like an eight or nine. I'd say. Oh, dude. yeah, she's she's uh, good for her. I mean, she's definitely she's definitely getting him off. That's for sure. Okay, so <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> but <laughs> hello, explicit audience, Matt. Yes, we we that we have explicit rating. We have explicit rating for a reason. Uh, we should be up to one fifty five by the end of this episode, guys. Let's be real about that. Right. Now, last thing about the the John T shirts. Now, Graw, should we give out your email, or your Insta handle, or Twitter X handle, or how do how do people how do you want people to get in touch with you um, to to get these T shirts? Or do you already have like a Give Send Go or website available to uh, raise money for us? Yeah, it's going to be posted on the uh, GFL message board, and um, we're going to have all the details there there and great uh, great great and after he does that matt we'll uh we'll we'll give it to the audience at large next week we can we can post a we can post a link in the uh, in the com in the uh description page of the podcast and we can go from there okay okay okay, okay. just want to make sure i could get out to the masses so that's but, good all right fellas 30 minutes 35 seconds into the podcast are you guys ready to get rolling with some football let's do it Oh, uh, oh, is this a football podcast sorry i was just having it so much is, fun with everything it else it is i mean if, if blodre is on it's a it's a it's, it's a, a sex text, podcast. It's a text therapy podcast. <laughs> sex block, therapy podcast. But, you know, we're uh, we're going to get after it now. Now, here's, like I said, guys, I'm going to moderate it. I'll certainly chime in if I have something to say about it. But I definitely want you guys to uh, to kind of debate some stuff and then see what we think about it. Again, we've got 12, uh, about 12 different questions. If we get to all of them, great. If we don't, then we don't. But um, it should be a lot of fun. So, y'all, you go have fun. No holds barred. No, Nothing's off limits. Because uh, no one really, uh, no one really gives a shit anyway. So we'll uh, let's get rolling here. Okay, so <laughs> have more pride, out. Matt. Have more pride. People care. 
Oh, no, no. I mean, no one gives a shit in terms of uh, if uh, if you offend somebody or not. That's what I meant. Not no, not that no one gives a shit about the podcast. No, because obviously we do because we're number 170 out of 174. So let's be real. Okay. So that being said, uh, we're going to come out shots fired from the start. So today on Undisputed, Keyshawn Johnson. Okay. Obviously, we know his... Um, his opinion matters, okay? But makes the claim that Colin Kaepernick... Because he's black or just in general? Uh, just in general, of course. It's Keyshawn, okay? But he makes the claim that Colin Kaepernick is better than Trevor Simeon, Zach Wilson, and better than a number of NFL QBs and backups right now. Richard Sherman comes on and says it's better that, you know, if Kaepernick wants to get back to, to the league, he needs to go to, USF, he needs to go like the USFL or XFL to get some tape, and that way people have some, you know, some tape on the guy you know and both mentioned though that in one way or another the nfl paid this guy paid kaepernick off to go away essentially but i guess first actually it's a two-part question first why the hell are people still talking about this number one okay and secondly who do you agree with or do you agree with anybody at all i'll, um, I'll open this up to, i'll open this up to gar for uh, excuse me gar i'll open this up to you first you started off my man and go for it yeah I don't even remember what year Kaepernick last played in the league. I I, I want to say it was 2019, maybe 20, maybe 2017. Last game is last game was January first, 2017. I mean, was Dan Marino still playing then? I mean, he's got to get some tape <laughs> on uh, on him. Like I I don't know what this guy thinks. I mean, we think 2017 it was a great year for us here in Houston with the Astros winning the first championship. Yeah, but dude, that was six years ago. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know how old Colin Kaepernick is now. Is he 34, Five. 35? I mean, he's got to be getting, getting up there. This dude's got to get some sort of tape on him. I, I can't imagine he can still use that card of, oh, you know, you guys are just trying to blackball me. No, no, no pun intended. But um, he's got he's to get – go play somewhere. I mean, we got the XFL. We got other leagues. Go play somewhere, dominate, put something on tape, and then, uh, and then you know, I'm sure NFL teams will come calling. It's a great point, Graw, how he's almost been playing the victim, throwing a pity party. Imagine, Matt, people doing that, playing the victim. So, Shocker. Uh, and capitalizing off of it. So, to me, Kaepernick is just a bunch of hot air. And we talk about him as a quarterback. I mean, I barely remember my life before before my child, which is 2019. So, I don't even know how I'm going to assess Kaepernick because it was so long ago. I barely even remember him back then. So. Well, you got to think about it this way, right? Look at Deshaun Watson and his struggles, and he only was out, but he's out basically two seasons, right? Year and a half, two years, something like that, right? And he's just had his first good game last week, okay? And who knows what his consistency level will be like moving forward. Can you imagine how how much the game has changed in seven years since Packer Kaepernick last played? And honestly, Deshaun Watson, in my opinion, I know Mike Wilson and some other people don't share this opinion. I think Deshaun Watson was an elite quarterback before he got busted with all of his stuff. I really think he was. Okay, I think he was probably, for fantasy purposes, he was a top three quarterback. Okay, But I think he was an elite quarterback in the league. Colin Kaepernick had one good season. The other seasons, he was terrible. He got benched. Before before his uh in his last season he wasn't he wasn't playing so how he thinks that all of a sudden after seven years because he's been working out every day from five a.m. to eight a.m. that makes him think that he's eligible to be on the practice squad of a team but we really know that he wants to be on the practice squad and then elevated to the first team and we all know that's what the deal is he's trying to say one thing but it's bullshit okay it makes no fucking sense at all and and for and then. 
So I agree with Richard. I mean, I agree with Richard Sherman. Basically, if you want to actually get back to the league or have some shot at something, get some tape. But that's, I mean, it's also time we stop talking about this guy because I don't know what guy who feels more oppressed than Kaepernick, but he was also paid what fifty million or something like that by the NFL or something like that for some separate, like some settlement or some shit like that. So it's unbelievable, you know, yeah, what this yeah, guy. Like I said, guy, he's totally the victim here, Matt. That's what I'm. Unreal. You're you're, you're proving my point, basically. Yeah, for that. sure. Yeah, I mean, to me though, Graw. I mean, it seems like Matt takes this a lot more uh, uh, of a of a personal topic with a lot more enthusiasm than you and me. I think Matt's talking about moving on from him. Graw and I are definitely ready to move on from him. Oh yeah, I just it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I just ridiculous. But um, all right, Astro screwed it up. We're down only at four three now. So great, Lovely. focus, Matt. Focus, focus. Sorry, my bad. Number two. Here we go. Number two. All right. So unfortunately for Nick Chubb and myself. Uh, he's out with a torn MCL, six to eight month recovery. Uh, he's he's done for the season. Okay, uh, Jerome Ford isn't Nick Chubb, right? But he did pretty well in his absence in the last in the two games that he's played. He's done pretty well actually. Um, the Browns really gave up a lot of significant draft capital when they got when they brought Deshaun Watson to Cleveland. They got rid of I think three first round picks and a fourth round pick in excuse me in twenty twenty four. Nick Chubb's a free agent after the twenty four uh, after next season, the twenty you know, twenty twenty four, twenty twenty five. If Jerome Ford keeps doing what he's doing and, and being decent, should they try to cash in on Chubb and get some draft capital and try to like rebuild or reload or whatever they're doing, or or is Nick Chubb just that good you you wait for him and bring him back? Gar Gar, once you start, once you go ahead and respond on that one. I mean, I'm wondering, so should I play Stephen A? And as you ask the question, you're like, that's just not a good question. What do you even think you're talking about? <laughs> and to say, you know, to think about that, that would assume that Chubb would, would be healthy. So it's like you're, you're asking if you want to trade a guy who just had a major uh, injury and may not even ever come back himself again. But let's assume he, let's assume he does. Yeah. Uh, that's Ford. the assumption. Assuming yeah. he comes back and is healthy, he's uh, 27 know, or 28 years old, you know. So let's think about that mm-hmm. one. I got you. Um, Ford, uh, we just need a bigger. I mean, this would be a great question maybe in three or four weeks because I think we just need a bigger sample size. So the first week, the week Chubb went out, his yards per carry were great. Last week he scored the two touchdowns, but his uh, his yards per carry were horrible. So let's see some more work on the guy. But let's say he's more like the guy the first week. Uh, sure, you can you can do that for sure because it's it's running back and look how the running back position's been uh, totally uh, degraded and devalued with the contracts and where, where people get drafted. So um, certainly that could be an option. Um, they probably won't even get that big of a haul for him. Yeah, I I kind of agree. You know what's fascinating to me, guys, is you know we're we're all Matt. You're not quite there yet, but you know Gar and I we're we're in our forties, so we've seen we've been watching sports a long time. Football, it's fascinating to me, the evolution of the running back. You know, when we were growing up, every team had that that bell cow, right? They had the, the Emmett Smith, the Barry Sanders, the Jerome Bettis. They had they had that running back who's gonna get twenty-five to thirty carries a game. And, you know, when we started playing fantasy, the entire first round was damn near all running backs, right? You wanted to get that running back. And now it's very similar to where like a center in basketball, right? It's completely been taken out of the game and they're just completely devalued. And I know, you know, Matt and I, we had, we had a separate text thread going uh, the other day talking about, you know, drafting running backs and how that's going to go. The next five years is going to be really, really interesting to see how many running backs are still going to be taken in the first round. I told Matt, you know, I would, I would have definitely gone CMC and Eckler, 
Um, but after those two, I just I I I'm, I'm scared to death of running backs. They either get injured or there's always a second running back that's coming in that's going to get 10 to 15 carries a game, and all of a sudden, you know, your stud may get 15 carries for 65 yards, and 6.5 you know points in our league is just not it's not going to cut it from the running back position. You, you want more, so it's just fascinating. I think Nick Chubb is a stud. Um, I, I, I don't know how much draft capital they would be able to get, um, for a running back, but I mean, it's, it's a great question. That's what I'll follow up with too. As you guys were talking, say he comes back and he's healthy, right? And say, say, say the Browns move on from him, which is complete speculation, hypothetical on my point. No, no one's ever talked. No one's ever, no one's talking about that. Okay. But what would you, what would you, what would you think is, is, um, is a fair value for him on the market. What do you, I mean, age. I think he's 27, 28 years old. He's had two knee surgeries, what, but he's been so dominant whenever he's been playing. What's fair? What's fair value for him? I would say two thirds, or like a third and a fourth, or something. Yeah, I would. I would probably say a third as well, which is just unbelievable. That no, I mean, ten. You're right, bro. Ten or fifteen years ago, it'd be at least a second. You know. Right. Right, but I, you know, the NFL clearly doesn't value running backs anymore, and it's, yeah. uh, it's a For strange. Reason, there's so much talent out there. It is so well. That's I mean, I'm surprised. You know that third or fourth for a 27, 20 year old guy. I, I, I understand that because you gotta, you gotta figure that his even if he comes back and he's healthy, right? He's got what maybe two years left in the league before he starts really falling off at the most. You know, I just don't know how much time he's got left. You know, you don't have the Derrick Henrys of the world and the, honestly the Nick Chubbs of the world anymore that last a whole long time who are really uh, bruisers. You know, real kind kind of guys like that. You know, I remember we both from we all remember Eddie George, right? He was unreal for the first few years of his career, and then towards the tail end of his career. The guy couldn't get more than two, three yards a carry, and he could barely move. You know, he just could just. Get, <laughs> Matt, they would give him twenty-five carries a game. Like, the corpse of Eddie George. At, you remember, he was averaging three point one yards a carry or something. Yeah, yeah. over twenty carries. Yeah, no, I just remember seeing him just get beat up, you know, and and I don't even know if the guy can walk now. I mean, he like, was the I Joe Biden of running backs out there. Yeah, really I was saying, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, here we go. Question three. We're gonna, it's going to be a buy or sell question, okay? Um, let's see. Graw, I'm going to go. You're going to start off on this one, okay? Um, it's a kind of a two-part-ish question, okay? So uh, Papa G, all right, he's averaging 120 points a game. He scored the second most points in the league, yet he's 0-3, okay? Uh, buy or sell the following two questions. Nick's, number one, Nick's going to win the VFC. And then number two, Nick's the best team in the VFC. Do you buy or sell one, both, or none of that? Um, you know, pulling up his team, it really just depends on Tua. Um, if Tua stays healthy and that Miami offense stays healthy, um, he, he's got a shot. You know, Swift is going to be uh, an X factor. I, we'll see if he, if he you know, maintains the workload that he's getting right now. Um, obviously, Keenan Allen. You know, with with uh, the unfortunate situation of, of my guy, Mike Williams, being uh-huh. out for the year, um, it, it's only a matter of time before Keenan Allen pulls a hamstring or does something. He does it every year. So I'm a little concerned about that. I'm actually going to sell. Um, I'm going to sell that um, that idea. I just there's too many risks. Like I said, if he stays healthy, he's got a chance, but I, I just don't see I don't see that being the case. Are you selling both or are you just selling one or the other? So are you are you selling 
the fact that he's going to win the VFC or that he's the best team in the VFC? Are you going to sell? Are you selling on both of them? Uh, I'm selling on both. Fair enough. Fair enough. Gar, what do you think, man? Yeah, I'll buy. He might be the best in the VFC. I mean, you know me, Matt, uh, as far as his team goes, uh, I just didn't think he had enough. Uh, before the season, after week one. But it's just amazing the NFL. You know, we only have 17 games, so your whole outlook changes and evolves very quickly. So I like the way Sutton's been playing. Keenan's been a beast, especially certain games. Pollard's been a beast. Uh, Swift's been great two out of the three games. So, mm-hmm. um, And two has been the best quarterback in the NFL. So, I mean, yes. I mean, he, he really might be the best in the VFC, but I don't think he's going to win it. I think it, it, Better one would be, will he make the playoffs at 0-3 now? So yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll buy both, really. <laughs> You're I will buy so- that he's going to win the VFC because he's 0-3. Let me get this straight. You don't. You were wondering if he's going to make the playoffs, yet you're going to buy the fact that he's going to win the VFC. <laughs> no, no, I'm buying that he'll make the playoffs. I'm changing your criteria. I'm buying oh, you're he'll changing? make the playoffs okay. and I'll buy the best of the VFC. <laughs> oh, okay, not so- buy that he's going to win the VFC. So I'm asking questions, and Gar is going to create his own questions. That makes a lot of sense. That, that's fair. That's fair. Let's do that. Okay? It's the but, GFL, not the MFL, Matt. That's right. That's fair. <laughs> He's pulling rank on you, Matt. So we, uh, you guys mentioned running backs a couple of questions ago, right? And obviously, there's some serious concerns with running backs. Okay, but uh, Jay won the league last year with two supreme running backs. Okay, our last five champions have all had elite running backs. 2018. Lane had Saquon and Damian Williams when Damian Williams was going nuts, right? 2019, Kevin had uh, Christian McCaffrey and Kenyon Drake when he went, when Kenyon Drake was going nuts, okay? Joe had Chubb in 2020. Troy had Dalvin Cook and Pollard in 21. And Jay obviously had what he had last year. Uh, the draft this year was basically consensus, fuck you running backs, essentially is what it was, okay? Wilson looks great this year, and he's got two somewhat elite running backs with B. John and Ken Walker, who've both been really, really good. I understand it's like a really highly individual choice when you draft and things like that, but based on this information and based obviously on what we know, what's the best draft strategy? Is it is it going elite running backs or is it heavy wide receiver uh, guard? What do you what do you think? What do you think based on what you've heard and where you are? Yes and yes, Matt. And I've thought about this for a long time. And so, uh, you know, you and I love to talk before the draft and we kind of get a strategy going. And I guess one thing that kind of hit me, Matt, really probably this year about this very question is that it's all about where you pick. Me being at seven, I was going to go with Tyreek Hill. You being later, you could go with uh, Chubb, you know, which is still a good pick, even though he got, he got injured. And you still, I think, made the right pick there. So, um, so in your position, I, I probably would have tried to double up on running backs, you know, but in my position, I went quarterback. So the great thing about the GFL, you can build your squad in whatever way you want to. My ideal way, Matt, is to have those backs though. I do like that yeah. way because they're, they're a receiver and a running back all together. So that's just, there's just more value there in PPR. So, yeah. Graw, what do you think about, based on what you heard, and kind of, and I know what you mentioned earlier, and what you and I've talked about on the side, and everything like that. So, um, what do you think about obviously our last five champions or so, and kind of the running back situation that we see presently in fantasy football? You know, uh, let's just t- take Jay's uh, team last year with with Eckler and Saquon. Um, he had incredible health, from what mm-hmm. I from my, what I remember, and that's really the key. Um, I would love to get two stud running backs like that. It, I just feel like I'm completely rolling the dice and you have no idea uh, who's going to stay healthy, 
and how long you're actually going to have those guys. And once you lose a running back in this league, especially, you know, a, a Nick Chubb, as, as you know, Matt, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's just fucking impossible to yeah. find someone to replace that kind of, that kind of skill, that kind of talent. Um, I went into this season in, and I do agree with, with Gar a little bit that it depends on where you draft, but I went into this season going heavy on wide receivers and obviously Kelsey fell to me, um, at, at the position I was in and I was ecstatic about that. Um, if I was picking later in the draft and, you know, all of the stud wide receivers are gone, you know, I probably would have gone running back, but I, you know, I look, I, I picked JK Dominic in the fifth round as my first running back. So I was, I was going heavy wide receiver, even with Calvin Ridley as my keeper. Um, I was going tight end, wide receiver, wide receiver, quarterback. I wanted to walk away with one of the top six or seven quarterbacks. I feel like I, I had to pick Lawrence when I did. And um, I was ecstatic to get Olave uh, whenever I got him. And, and Mike Williams, you know, I knew the injury risk, but that offense is too juicy to pass up. Yeah. Um, so I kind of went in with that strategy. But, you know, if you can get a running back and if you can get two running backs that can actually stay healthy, man, that's just uh, that's going to put you over the top because you, you can always fill in with wide receivers. You can fill in with a quarterback. You can fill in with a tight end. It's running back. If, if you have an injury to a running back, you're absolutely screwed. Yeah, this is the one thing about which is interesting about drafting, right? And everyone, you know, uh, of course, Gar and I sit up here like, act like we know how to draft and like we're the king draft strategy people and all that kind of shit, right? We, savant, we Matt. Savant's a better term. We are savants. We don't know the first fucking thing about it. We get lucky like everybody else sometimes, okay? But here's what I've When, Matt? About. Not lately. Not lately. <laughs> yeah, for me, the first especially, man. But I don't think running backs win you the league. I don't think they do, especially now, okay? I Here's what I think they do, especially good running backs. I think they... And provided that you, I think it's, if you have two elite running backs, I guess this is kind of the topic we're talking about. I think they provide you a safe floor to be able to give yourself a chance to win games, right? Because look at guys who have two good running backs, right? Your, pro, your floor is probably about, what, 15 points a person, right? So you're already starting off each week 30 points, right? Your ceilings are 30, you know, 28 to 35 points. So, all, that could get you anywhere 56 to 70 points, right? So you're starting off with that stuff pretty much weekly, right? That provides you kind of like the foundation to go on and have monster weeks every single week, you know? So, well, I don't think they win you leagues in terms of like, you know, of course you have to have receivers and, you know, a couple other guys do your thing. I think they provide such a foundation and such a safe floor that you're in every game, like every week, you know? And that's what we're seeing with Wilson right now. Because look at Wilson. He's got... Bijan and Ken Walker are having good years, and his receivers aren't very good, but he doesn't really need them to be great. He just needs them to put up maybe 10, 15 points a week. And he look, look what he did to guard last week. And you know, he had 120 points, and I don't think his guys were that overly great. It just provided a really good floor for everything. You know? Yeah, I, and I we, we if you listen back to the show last week, we called this matchup real real well, Matt. Hey, we did, yeah, yeah. We really did, and uh, yeah, I mean Wilson's team is is very is tough, you know. And then, but it, there's Davis and Cooper aren't totally anemic either. So, uh, and this sounds familiar, right? We saw this with with Jay last year. So Wilson's using kind of a a similar formula here, and uh, he yeah. even got Dak, and 
He had a bad week last week, but Dak should have a better year than Brady did last year for Jay. So for was, sure. my Wilson's team is that, and I said this in the uh, preview, I did not pick him for the playoffs, but I thought they could compete. And uh, he's also getting the best version of Kenneth Walker too. And so, uh, yeah, he's going to compete yeah. for the playoffs for sure. Gotcha. So, all right, moving on to question five, guys. Great, great stuff so far. Um, okay. So this is a little bit of a reach. I, I but you'll see where I'm going with it in a second, okay? So tight end. Obviously, you guys know how much I love tight ends, all right? Obviously, all right? But it's a fantasy disaster for most people, right? Gar, you mentioned it, I think, on the thread or either to me or the the group. I can't every, remember. Anyone I can mention it to, to. Yes, yes, and yes. You, the thread. Yes. Uh, my housekeeper that doesn't <laughs> barely speak English. I mean, everyone, Matt. Exactly. So I hate them. Others do, too. However... If you look at the top teams in our league, with the ex- maybe the exception of one, okay, every single one has solid tight end play, okay. You look at Graw, right? You're three and zero. You got Kelsey, okay. Trent has had some monster weeks. He's got Andrews. Uh, Nick's got. I know he's zero and three, but he's scoring crazy points. Darren Waller. Corey's got Hawkinson. Okay, you got guys with good tight end play. So in a league this size, like the GFL, okay. Is the tight end, uh, Gar, I'll start off with you on this one. Is the tight end the most underrated and valuable position that we have? Based on what we're hearing, if you look at the past champions, if you look at who is tops in the league right now in terms of either points scored or record, are they the most underrated and valuable position? Mike, I feel like, I mean, Matt, I feel like a bull right now. I mean, I'm, I'm channeling my inner... Stephen A, because I just this is such a trigger word for me right now. Tight ends, I really don't want to talk about it because K. Dotton pissed me off so much on Monday night. But I will talk. He pissed about you so it. much. Pissed you off so much. You dropped him. <laughs> Fuck him. <laughs> I mean, really. I got some some real Garland right there, yeah. uh, Matt. Before I comment on this, though, I did want to say <laughs> we didn't even let Garaw. I've been talking so much. I'll blame myself. I'm fully Jewish, Matt, so I'll be a full scapegoat. But we called Graw's segment Graw's Dirty Laundry, and I just realized Graw didn't even have to complain about anything tonight because his dirty laundry is that dirty fucking John T-shirt. So that was the whole surprise. Dirty that's John. What I, that's dirty. what I meant by that. There, thanks thanks for that plug, Gar. I appreciate it, man. That's, uh, that's, yeah, well, he had nothing to complain about this year, which is. Uh, no offense, Graw. It's, it's a rarity, my man. Okay. Besides the injuries, it's a rarity. So. My God. I mean, he should be complaining about these injuries. Oh, uh, yeah. He's, uh, he's been dead pretty hard, man. But um, anyway, Gar, go back to the tight ends. ends. Yes. No, I agree. That's why, you know, you really discard tight ends. Yeah. Uh, and just have no, <laughs> just no cons- I mean, Matt, I think, just makes it a point each year not to just draft a, not draft a good tight end. He doesn't even draft two of them. He just he'll drop the one mediocre wait for the injury in week one or week two. And it's almost like it's just for podcast content. So uh, for something for him to complain about, but I agree, Matt, no, you have to, uh, you know, I always like to have, I try to get like a good value tight end, but the risk in doing that is the value is just sometimes not there. And so I drafted, I thought Schultz and uh, Conquo from Titans who would provide good value in the sixth and seventh round, but they haven't. So, I mean, that's just the risk in waiting longer and, the guys who've got better or getting better tight end play take it earlier. Now you do sacrifice another position player, but um, it's hard to tell how important that is. Um, but from what you're you're saying and kind of my feeling, maybe maybe I should be putting a little more emphasis on tight end than I do. I know you probably should. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, is it under is it underrated position? I know we give it a lot of shit, but is it is it underrated? 
I like to not have any holes. So it just, yes, it would fit into that thinking that maybe I should even put a little more emphasis on it. You certainly should, I think. For sure. Graw, Graw, what do you think? I know you've got the tight end and tight ends, probably the best to ever do it on your team right now. But what do you, uh, is it, it based on what you've heard, is the tight end, the, you, know, all, you know, think about the GFL. We have 18 teams in our league, right? Sometimes we've got 20. Uh, in, in, te- in leagues that have 10 or 12, it's not the case, right? Because you've got a plethora of tight ends available. But in our league, how does what is it underrated and the most valuable position that we have? I uh, I have definitely put an emphasis on tight end. Uh, I've made that a point. I I don't want to play the tight end game. You know, we've had conversations. Uh, one of my dirty laundry topics was what do we do about the tight end position? Do we have a rule where we get rid of it? a mandatory tight end? Do we make it a flex? Do we make a rule that you can't have a backup tight end on your bench to allow more tight ends to be available on the wire? But but to use the term underrated, here's where it's a little confusing, Matt, is that you know I we just talked about this the other day. Mm-hmm. The amount of tight ends that were drafted in round three, four, and five and how quickly tight ends went off yeah. the board was incredible. I mean, Cole Komet, a fourth-round pick, who would have thought? So underrated, I... I I don't know if it's underrated if the whole league is already on board with drafting tight ends as as quickly as they do. I do think that it's imperative in getting a tight end. Um, And if you don't get one of the the top, you know, four or five, you know, the, the, the Hawkinson's, the Kittles, the, 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 you know, when you end it right at like Waller or maybe even, I guess Friermuth maybe would, would sneak in as that like, you know, top seven tight end. If you don't get one of those top seven, you got to just, bank on luck because you, there's just no way to to accurately go in and be like okay here's Okonkwu I, I you'll you'll never know that Tannehill is all of a sudden going to fall off a cliff and Derrick Henry can't you know run faster than a 5 four forty, and the Titans <laughs> offense is all of a sudden shit you're never going to know that right. so it's like man I I have to prioritize tight ends um, and I feel like the league has done that and so Underrated? I don't know if it's underrated. I do feel like it's way more of an emphasis as as, uh, as we go on. You made a great point about underrated because of the fact that they went early. Like I remember when Gar and I were talking, I was targeting Evan Ingram and Fireman probably around five. What, I think was it where five or six around that area? Is what yep, we're talking yep. about. And, uh, uh, I think Firemouth was the last tight end that I was looking at. He was taken early with Steve, or Steve was the fourth or fifth pick in early five. So all of them were gone in three or four. It was unbelievable. And I was just looking at this thing. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Because the previous year, they didn't leave. They didn't start going until almost five, right? That's when the tight end run kind of happened in the previous year. So uh, you make a great point about underrated that they're, they're apparently they're not. You know what I mean? Like apparently I'm the only one devaluing this. <laughs> this <whole laughs> You're making them a big joke, Matt. The joke's on you. It really is, man. So I, you know, that's a no, great- no. You, just you. I think everyone should go in this philosophy: no holes in your lineup. You don't want a hole. We love holes, Scar. We love holes and finding holes is what we do. And so that's how that's how we offer you not so much, but Gra and I find holes. I say no take- holes. I mean no holes. No holes. Especially filling them. That's yeah, the key. We, we, it's we filling fill them. Scar, you don't fill holes yet, but maybe, maybe, maybe so. All right, guys, moving on. Uh, Gar's gonna love this question. I made this question specifically for Gar, so I'm gonna let him answer it second. So just because I want him to really kind of, um, uh, let's see. Uh, be very prideful about this question, okay? So <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a buy or sell question, okay? Buy or sell. 
Jordan Love and C.J. Stroud finishes QB ones this season, meaning top twelve QBs. Oh. Gar, Gra, what are you? Oh, Gar, are you buying or selling that? Look at this. That was Gar, correct? You're, no, no, no. Gra, he said, you, he said you. You first. Yeah. Why don't you start off first, bro? On that one, start off. Okay. Um, top twelve, boy. I, I think I can get to twelve quarterbacks pretty quickly. I, I'm gonna go ahead and sell that. I don't think that that either one's gonna be a top twelve. Um. I, I, I love what I'm seeing from Stroud. I feel like he, uh, you know, Texans have been irrelevant. In fact, I was joking with a lot of you guys uh, this past Sunday where it's like I actually chose to watch the Texans over the Astros, which that has not I, happened. <laughs> I had the game on. I did too. <laughs> fucking years. And so uh, I'm excited about Stroud. But, boy, top 12, I, I think I can get to 12 pretty quickly before him. I guess let's, pit, let's, 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 let's add one more on that. If you don't think they're going to finish kiss QB1s, who finishes higher? Um, great point. I think it's Stroud. I really do. I think Stroud has more weapons. I love Tank Dell. You know, I love me uh, some yeah. Tank Dell. Um, I think that Nico Collins has looked really good. Dalton Schultz hasn't really done shit yet. I think that you know he's got some potential. John Mechie, uh, the uh, you know the, the cancer survivor. He's he's yeah. coming back, getting stronger by the game. Um, I think I think the weapons are there. We'll see. You know how long this Christian Watson injury lasts. I mean, I I think he's you know possibly practicing this week or you, you obviously know a little bit better than mm-hmm. i do but um i don't know there's something about green bay and and their offense they they don't they don't pop that you you never see them go off for you know 31 35 points it's always these slug fests and um i don't know i i kind of like cj gar what do you think man i'm just looking at i mean they're uh, Love is uh, is like number four now because let's just look at where they're at. I mean, we already played three games, so Love's like number four, and Stroud's just outside the top twelve. So it's a good question, Matt. Um, yeah, I think one of them will. I don't think both of them will. Uh, it looks okay, like then, Love had Love has the better chance to finish in the top twelve. No, not but not better chance. Let's see who do you think though. Like honestly, if you had to pick one, let's just say you're saying yeah. One I mean, I'll, I'll pick Jordan more. Love because he has twenty four more points right now, so he's got yeah. a good head start. So I'll pick. I'll pick love, but uh, this is a great question because, Matt, you know, I prepared a lot of material tonight. Uh, it wasn't all executed exactly how I wanted to, but I prepared a lot of material. And one thing I, I thought about but didn't prepare was uh, me and Matt and Brian Janowski and his brother Joe Handy have a side text thread going where we talk a lot about GFL stuff. And so before the NFL draft, I told them I would take – this is when it was, it was kind of a foregone. Like Stroud had a bad grade on a – uh, aptitude test and Will Anderson was kind of getting a lot of um, a lot of runs, so it looked like they were probably going to go with Anderson. But just reading, just watching Stroud in the championship game, reading the scouting reports, and just kind of seeing and, and and kind of absorbing that he could be a very cerebral quarterback. He's a big guy, kind of mobile, uh, with a good arm. Kind of reminded me a lot of Warren Moon. Maybe he's not Hall, you know, he, Warren Moon was Hall of Fame, so maybe he's not a top two, three quarterback could be could be very effective. So I thought the Texans should draft him over Anderson. It's just funny that they did both. And I've been a big uh, Jordan Love endorser, just kind of watching him, even though his stats haven't been great. I mean, the guy just has all the physical tools, great arm. Uh, looks like he can kind of move in the pocket a little bit. So I, I was high on both of these guys coming in. Didn't draft either of them. Got a little less bullish on them as the draft game. Didn't get either of them. But um, I'm just glad you brought up this topic, Matt, because I've been endorsing these guys. And uh, I kind of uh, declared victory jokingly on that text thread, Matt. So I guess it was a little premature victory. You taught me to talk about me being premature, um, which uh, do you think I was? Cause I, I yeah, think, because I think they're going to be Hall of Famers, both of them. 
Well, because I destroyed you with uh, Jordan Love's stats. He's 33 out of 34 in terms of completion percentage this year. He's just terrible. He can't, he can't hit a target. But here's the thing about quarterbacks, especially young quarterbacks, right? You can't judge them year one. It doesn't, it's not fair. Okay, because they're learning so much. You, honestly, you can't really judge them until almost after year three, to be quite honest with you. Like, look at Vince Young, right? Rookie of the year, then he was out of the league in like two years after that or some shit like that. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, if it's me, I'm going to be a homer and say CJ Stroud because here's the thing. And this is what I told you um, on the thread somewhere. I want to be wrong about CJ Stroud. I want to be wrong because that means the Texans are good if that's the case. I want to be wrong about the whole situation, right? So um, I just still feel that if we were going to use it on a quarterback, that why not keep the draft capital, try to trade up for the number one pick next year and get Caleb Williams because I just still think Caleb Williams is a better quarterback. But if we're talking about who's going to finish this QB1 this season, I'm going to go with CJ Stroud because I've actually – I told you the, after week one, I saw some good stuff out of him. I really did, you know. And I think his weapons are good, and he doesn't have to rely on the tight end as a safety valve, which I think is actually a positive as opposed to anything else, you know. So hopefully, I wish he would rely on Schultz, but he does not. I know, I know, right? So, all right, guys, moving on because we uh, actually speaking of tight ends, okay? Are you going to buy or sell this one? We're assuming that Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews are going to be the tight end one and two. Okay, that's what the assumption. All right, so with that assumption in mind. Sam Laporta finishes his tight end three. Uh, let's go with Gar. Gar, what do you think on that? It's just amazing because Mac did great stats. I don't know if he did it on air, but we've talked about it, how very few, maybe two rookie tight ends over the last 20 or 30 years have gotten over 700 receiving yards. Yeah. I read in the preseason he was highly regarded, Laporta, because he's either first or second round pick, probably first, uh, that he was Goff's second uh, favorite target so after a moan run. So that bodes well in that kind of offense. So. Uh, yes, I think he, he could. I mean, shoot, Matt. I mean, maybe he could even move up in the top two. Who knows? I mean, he's yeah. like he's going to be really good. All right, so you're going to buy that. You're going to buy that one. All right, uh, For sure. Gar, I mean, Gar, what do you think? Are you, are you buying or selling the tight end three? We're talking about over guys like Waller, Kyle, uh, Kyle Pitts, obviously in bad offense, Kittle, um, Hawkinson, even you know guys like that. Are you buying this or selling it? I'm going to cheat like Gar, and I'm actually buying it, but with the caveat that I don't think Andrews is going to be two. I think Hawkinson will be two, and Laporta will be three. I don't trust Lamar Haxon, um, and I don't trust Mark Andrews' health, um, but I do think I, I'm very high on, on Hawkinson. Um, if I didn't get Kelsey, I was going to hope Hawkinson was going to slide to me in the second round. Okay. Um, just because I, you know, Minnesota's always behind. Kirk Cousin is always throwing the damn ball. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think they love Hawkinson. And so I, I was going to go Hawkinson to Laporta three. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty high. This kid's, this kid's good. Yeah, he's very good. So I guess piggybacking on Laporta, right? Are you going to buy or sell this next one? Joe Handy, right now, best team in the GFL, and he's going to win his second title. You buying or selling that? Now it's hard because you're competing, okay? But. You're gonna to have to deal with this. So, Grog, go ahead. What do you What do you think about Joe? Um, are you buying or selling this one right now? Oh boy, um, boy, I, that's a really tough one. He's got so many caveats, man. But I will say his depth is great. I'm gonna go ahead and buy it. I think his I think his team looks really good right now. He might be a trade away. He's got one of those teams where. If he were to package two guys for you know a, a top five or, or six guy, I think that could put him over the top. Yeah. Um, so I, I I'm buying it. Gar, uh, Gar what do you think? Um, I'll, I'll sell it only because it's hard to win a championship. I picked this guy for the playoffs, and but I'll 
piggybacking what Graw said, there's just there's just some uncertainties there. So I just can't totally uh, buy it right now. Like someone like Janowski last year, I would buy it, even though, of course, it didn't end up happening. With Joe, I'm just not totally sold yet. Give me a couple more weeks, maybe. Fair enough. Okay. Um, this one actually... You can't win me over that quickly, Matt. You know I have patience. Hey. For some reason, you can't make a decision on a GFL title winner after week three, but you're more than happy to go ahead and make a quarterback greatness decision after week three, apparently. Okay, so that makes no fucking sense. I will will add in, because I haven't had a chance to talk to you guys since the draft. I was so fucking proud of my draft, and I thought I had a fucking squad, dude. And if I, I no, we liked your draft. I thought I, I know, I know. I listened to the podcast, and I yeah. and both of you guys talked very highly of it. But I just want to say, fucking a, dude. If I didn't have Mike Williams and Dobbins go down, I would have a squad, and I actually would have put myself as the leading uh, favorite to to win it all. But I, here it we took are. Took an hour and eight minutes, Matt. We got the dirty laundry. We got, got the, the dirty laundry. laundry. No, I you know I think if I remember correct, I picked you as a Final Four team. Uh, you did I, both. Yeah. You did, yeah. yeah so I did. I really liked your draft. I really thought it was uh, well put together, well thought out. Uh, you had a lot of really good pieces, and just unfortunately, man, it just uh, injury bug bit you. It's bitten me, unfortunately. It's bitten a lot of people already. You know, so it's just a league this size, man. It's just you know, yeah, you got to draft well, but it's a lot of luck and health involved into it as well. I mean, it just sucks sometimes. Yeah, no doubt. So, I mean, so Graw, who was your run? You lost Dobbins and you lost Mike Williams, which I didn't even, I just kind of, uh, I didn't know the last couple of days that he was out for the year. So it, you know, I was always, I was kind of wondering the last couple of weeks with Tank Dell emerged. I was like, this guy's got to be in the lineup every week. Now it's not even a question. Graw's big. Graw, you can still trot out a very competitive team every week and certainly make the playoffs because you're 3-0. and Um you know, uh, it's it's uh, it's impressive that you have good enough depth that you could fill you could fill in like this and still have a good team out there. Tank Dell's going to be a great keeper. Yeah, no. yeah, and and you know, I made the comment Joe's one trade away um, for uh, you know a stud. We'll see. I might be calling Joe later on in the week. We'll see. <laughs> hey, we'll you see may want to trade like Kelsey and, and get a double up and you know you really kind of fill in that team and still get a decent tight end back. You know, you may want to consider Good that. Could be. Yep. All right, guys. Next question here. Keenan and Tyreek are currently the wide receiver one and two respectively. Keenan's got a 92 points and some change. Tyreek's 90 points and some change. Who finishes higher? Um, let's see. I, maybe uh, I forgot who was next. Guard, why don't you start with this one? Who finishes higher? I think, and I'm biased, right, because I have Hill, but I think uh, Hill just, you know, he stretches the field better. So I mean, he still does get, he's not as many as Keenan, but just the way he stretches the field. I mean, he had 1,750 receiving yards last year. I mean, so they're both going for like, you know, 2,000 this year. So yeah. I'll say Tyreek, but it could be it could be close. Then again, you know, to Keenan's a little, a, little, a little older in the tooth, so can he hold up all year? Uh, man, if he does without Mike Williams, I mean, this, is good. this could be a real close one. I'll say Tyreek, though. Carl, what do you think? So who gets first? Uh, who gets hurt first, Tua or Keenan Allen? That's that's the real question. But fuck, <laughs> right. I mean, Keenan yeah. Allen had 18 receptions for 200 yards or some shit. Once Mike Williams got hurt, so I mean, yeah, I would have to go Keenan Allen as if injury. If everyone stays healthy, I I probably go Keenan Allen just because he's he's such a a, a target monster. Mm-hmm. Do you think? Sure. I guess to piggyback off this question, they're currently the one and two, right? Um, do they stay this way all season, or do you see Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase kind of jumping into this mix as well? Yeah, I think with Waddle being out, I think that's really helped Tyreek. And once Waddle comes back, he's going to eat into some of that. So I, this I do week, think this week, Grog, Waddle's back this week. Yeah, I think that's going to. I think it's going to eat in. You know, obviously Tyreek's going to have his big weeks. He's he's a complete stud, but 
Um, I think Waddle's going to eat into that a little bit, and I expect Jefferson. And, and I don't know. Uh, Bengals are in a weird situation. I don't know about Chase, but I do think Jefferson's going to catch up. Yeah, okay. Well, all right, guys. We're going to buy or sell the next question. Um, who uh, Graw, I think you're going to be up first on this one. We are, and we just talked about it a second ago. But are you buying or selling this one that Tua wins the NFL MVP this year? Are you buying or selling that? Oh boy, these are great questions. Um, you know, you got to battle Mahomes. We'll we'll see what Mahomes does. If Mahomes has a regular year, he's got he's got the history, he's got the name. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and sell Tua. There there there's just there's a lot of obstacles um, in Tua getting there. Because he looks great right now. I mean, he looks fantastic right now. Obviously. He looks great, but between health and between you know name recognition for other guys, um, you know, if he stays healthy, I definitely think he's top three for sure. So, Gar, what do you think, man? I mean, you can already see the hype train working on ESPN about the Dol- everyone's talking about the Dolphins. Everyone's talking yeah. about their offense and stuff. So, I think all the the uh, really all all the things surrounding a run for MVP are there for him. All the optics are there for him. So, uh, if we assume he stays healthy, I'm going to say he does it. I-, I will say he does it. Okay, so you're going to sell. You're both. Well, he could have injuries me. on the offensive line to the receivers to himself, but let's say it, it's similar. No, it won't be 100%, but say it's 90% and it's not some devastating injury around him or to him. Yeah, I think he'll get it done. So you think he's going to win the MVP? No, you're telling me. Yeah, I think he's very. Okay. I, mean, I think I, that's I think wishful thinking I think for Gar. I, think <laughs> I mean, he's one concussion away from not being able to talk again, but we'll see how. I want to. Y'all talk. I'm going to bear. I'm going to look at his stats. I haven't looked at his stats yet, but I'm sure they're pretty damn good. Oh, no, he's, he's fucking number, killing it. He's, he's number one. It. No, he's he's number one in terms of fantasy, in terms okay. of everything. Okay, so I, don't, I don't need to look it up. Yes. Uh, no. I'll say yes. Yes. Okay. The hype train right. surrounding him in a good way, too. All right. This is the. Okay, guys. Last question coming up here. It's a, probably a two part question. Uh, gonna take a little bit of thinking, okay? So, I'll I think I think Gar, you're I'm gonna start with you on this one, okay? So, we got Puk, you got Pukanakua, Tank Dell, Zay Flowers, and Jordan Addison, all rookie wide receivers, all great starts this season so far, okay? If you can pick two of those guys to finish top 25, who is it? And if you can pick one to finish top 15, who is that one gonna be? Okay, say them again. We got Puka. So Puka. You got Tank Dell, Zay Flowers, and Jordan Addison. Wow, and they're all probably pretty close. Um, they're all, I mean, Puka's, uh, Puka's number one uh, out of these guys right now. Tank's number two. I think that's pretty close between Addison and Zay right now as well. Yeah, I'll go Puka and uh, Addison, but it's really close with Tank. I can just see Addison really. I mean, he's just seems like he's a, just a monster out there. He can be a monster out there, so. Um, but he's got another monster alongside him too, and Tank doesn't have that. So uh, Flowers, I just don't think he's going to get enough from um, the offense around Lamar and Lamar himself. So I'll say Puka and Addison with, uh, you know, the way he started out. I just don't see it stopping. I see Puka in the top fifteen. Top fifteen. All right, girl. What do you? What do you? What's your? What's your take on this one? What's the official pronunciation? Is it Puka or Puka? We're going to say Puka just because it's better to say that. That's Is it Ranco or Ronco? <laughs> Graw was saying Ranco, so, I mean. No doubt. You know, I, I we'll see with Cooper Cup. I think uh, I think he kind of fills that same role. I, I like Addison, man. I think this guy, as long as he's not, you know, going to drive 160 miles per hour down the road anymore, I, I, I this guy's talent is, uh, is exceptional. We talked about Minnesota being a passing offense. 
Um, man, I, I, once Cooper cup comes back, I think, I think that's gonna, that's gonna drive a lot of his, uh, his fantasy value down. So you're picking, so you, so we got two guys in the top 25. You going with, you're going with Addison and who else? Um, so you got, you got, you got Puka. You I'm going to go Tank. flowers. I'm going to yeah. go flowers. I, I think Puka's uh, a flash in the pan. Well, you got Tank Dell in this conversation as well. Yeah, I mean, Tank, I, I would think Raw would be Tank. I mean, really. I mean, I just don't think flowers is going to get enough from the offense. Yeah, yeah, I, I I didn't hear Tank Dell. Yeah, let's go with Tank for sure. Um, I think, I think Tank is going to be guy more. there. But, yeah, I mean, shoot, the way the arguments y'all are making, I'm almost thinking Tank and Addison, too. And who's, uh, I'll say Puka. He's off to a great start. I'll go with him. Who's uh so so Graw out of Tank and Addison? Who's gonna finish top fifteen? If if anyone would, who's gonna finish top fifteen? I mean, you got Jefferson to compete with. Uh, Tank Dell doesn't have anybody like that on on yeah. his team, so I'm gonna yeah. go with Tank. That's the thing. Tank, mm-hmm. I think great key. I think Tank's a great player. He looked great last weekend too against Jacksonville. Um, of course, I'm hoping that Puka does his thing, but I am a little worried about Cooper Cup now. I don't know if Cooper Cup's going to remain healthy. That's kind of the whole thing about that because hamstrings are weird, man. You know, uh, Keenan came back. Keenan was out four weeks of the hamstring, played one game, was out another six weeks after that. You know, so it, it, hamstrings are tricky. You know, if, if and you know, I think Puka's going to go into the kind of the two-two Atwell role. You know what I mean? Like he's he's still going to get his volume, so I think he's going to do well. I do think Tank's going to finish. You know, based on the start. I think Puka has the best chance to finish in top 15, but I think Tank's probably going to be the one out of all of them. But I do think the two most talented receivers out of this four, in terms of pure talent, is Tank and Zay, right? But I think in terms of fantasy production, it's probably going to end up being Tank and Addison, um, you know, moving forward. And uh, for the Texans' sake, I hope it's Tank, man. I really do. I think it'd be awesome, dude, if that was if uh, if, it, if it panned out that way and we finally get ourselves – Shoot, we haven't had a good receiver since Andre Johnson really came. You know what I mean? So it, we 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 definitely definitely need one for for damn for damn sure. So, um, guys, that wraps it up, man. So I appreciate I appreciate it. It was a lot of fun, dude. These were uh, uh, you guys did a great job with all this stuff, man. This was really uh, uh, really good. You know, NFL talk, uh, GFL talk, uh, uh, a lot of good stuff. So uh, anything, Gar? Um, let's see, excuse me, Graw. First, first podcast review for the year, technically, officially. How's it? Uh, how's it feel to have it all has pretty much done with? You know what, man? I uh, it's so much fun doing this with you guys. You know, we we get the side chats uh, by text, um, but this is always fun. As long as I don't hang up first, um, you know, the, the, <laughs> we got to make sure this stays recorded and this uh, this gets filed away. But uh, I appreciate the invite and uh, love to come back anytime. Hey man, you're gonna be always welcome as always. Uh, Gar, final thoughts for the for uh, for this evening. Graw, whether it's at uh, Lifetime with uh, leopard bikinis intentionally trying to tops intentionally trying to fall off, or here, I just I've enjoyed all my time with you the last few months. Uh, we even did the uh, uh, fantasy all time NBA draft podcast together uh earlier this year as well so always great to have you along riding shotgun with us it's so natural matt when we have Graw with us so i'm glad yeah. this episode's going to going to stick that's the easy thing you know i will say it's the easy thing about these podcasts right is that the people we have on um you know and honestly probably anyone in the league you know they come on here and it's very natural because we're all good friends you know what i mean like we've all been around each other for a long period of time it's not like we don't really know anyone or or don't know what's going on in their lives you know i, I don't know some people quite as well like you know, I'm, I haven't really talked to Kurt very much, but I've talked to him in the draft, and you know, I'm looking forward to getting to know him better when I can. You know, but all the people that we have on here, very easy to talk to, very, very smooth, just because 
we've all been around each other for so long. You know, that's the cool thing about the league is that we don't have very many new members come in, right? Like we maybe once every, you know, five, six years, right? You know, and that's pretty much it. So uh, all really cool stuff, all a lot of fun, you know, and uh, uh, this was a lot of fun. I, I really you know, I enjoyed last week's going doing kind of like an old school episode. I uh, enjoyed the debate this week. So uh, a lot of good stuff. So, um Guys, until next time, Gar, cue up that, cue up that royalty. Yeah, free. yeah, Let's guys. Get ready you know, to go. I was so down last week, Matt, to have to go to this royalty-free music. That's why I said F you to the censors and played uh, Graw's Dirty Laundry song. I just couldn't help myself. I'm just I'm <laughs> that way. So hopefully, hopefully this episode stands the test of time and remains. But actually, Matt, people reached out to me, uh, not on the Gmail, but just in regular email and tag. I don't even know how. I guess people just Googling, Googling my name and, and uh, texting me. Like, people I didn't even know, these unique listeners that – I really enjoyed the royalty-free exit music last <laughs> week. So by popular demand, guys, I'm going to bring it back. So this is uh, done by, oh, it doesn't really matter, but I'm just going to play it here to close out the show. Cue it up. Let's do it again. Guys, good luck this weekend, and we'll, uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks again, fellas. Thanks, guys.